but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Lord, please be with us today, nourishing and sustaining us through your word. Thank you that you continually call us to yourself and through faith have given us the right to be called your children, a holy people and a royal priesthood. Lead us to live in the faith we've received and profess, seeking your constant help and forgiveness when we miss the mark. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, my friends, is a God-given opportunity for us to get back to the basics, back to our roots and in quite a special way actually back to our foundation. It's an opportunity for us to move again from head knowledge to heart knowledge as the Holy Spirit works faith, as the Holy Spirit works belief and an unwavering trust in Jesus Christ above everything else in your life that competes for your attention. Today is an opportunity for us as a community of washed, of justified, of sanctified, holy people united with Jesus to be open, to be honest, to be humbled and maybe even repentant before our God and our Saviour. Today is a new and fresh opportunity to comprehend again who you are in Christ along with the great privilege and honour that goes with everything that you've received with your new identity. I say received because every single thing that you have, you have received. And I say privilege and honour because you haven't received just any calling, but a holy calling, a holy calling that you and I get to participate in on a daily basis. And that is a privilege and an honour, unless, of course, we've found ourselves cold and unaffected by God's gifts. Unless we've found ourselves desensitised or bored or maybe just plain ungrateful for what Jesus has done for each one of us on the cross. True story. Archbishop was telling a story of a Catholic priest And this priest was hanging out at the church and he was hearing confessions and declaring God's grace and forgiveness to repentant people. Meanwhile, outside there were three young Catholic fellas who thought they'd have some fun with the silly priest. So they gathered together in a huddle to see who would win the prize for the most elaborate concoction of a confession to go in and confess to the priest. One of those lads won the won the prize, so to speak, and won the acclaim of his mates. And with a sly grin on his face, he went into the church to act it out in front of this priest. And he went into the confessional and he unloaded his confession or his concoction with great, great precision. The priest knew pretty much instantly that it was a load of rubbish. And that was really an offensive act, wasn't it? It was an offensive act. And accordingly, the priest said to him, All right, son, you see that statue of Jesus hanging on the cross before the altar? I want you to approach the altar 
I want you to look Jesus fair and square in the eyes and I want you to say out loud three times, Jesus, all this you did for me, I just don't give a damn. Easy, thought this young lad. And he went up to the altar and he looked Jesus square in the face and said, Jesus, all this you did for me and I just don't give a damn. It wasn't so hard. Then a second time, Jesus, all this you did for me and I just, I just don't give a damn. Then a third time, he looked up at Jesus hanging on the cross and he said, Jesus, all this you did for me? I just, I just, he went back into the confessional. He got real about his life. He got real about his sin. He got real about his failures and he confessed properly to this priest and he received God's forgiveness. The thing is that kid also went on to become that very Archbishop of Paris who told the story. Those words given to that young boy by the priest, they are confronting and they should be confronting because when we forget who we really are as God's children through baptismal faith and don't live out that calling that we've received, we act out of character. Like our real calling doesn't matter. Like the inheritance that Jesus won through intense suffering, through crucifixion and death, really doesn't matter to us. And so Peter today exhorts his original hearers and us in verse 1, if you have your Bible with you, at 1 Peter 2, Therefore rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy, envy and slander of every kind. You know what malice is? Malice isn't just slander. We get this a bit confused. Malice has a real evil intent that you want, you want harm to come to someone or something. And then deceit, it's falsehood, hypocrisy. We know what a hypocrite is, don't we? A play actor. Someone who walks around with a facade up. They're a play actor. Envy we know and slander of every kind which comes out of our mouths. And I love what Martin Luther actually said because he said, all these things are like an evil guest in our home that we just struggle to kick out the door. It's a good analogy. It's so hard to get rid of these things. And he's right. As disciples, we still struggle with sins that cause rifts and divisions in our relationships. And we know that because it happens right here at church and it happens in our callings in the world, it happens in our marriages, with our friends, with our mates all over the place. And while these things affect our relationships, they also tarnish our witness. They tarnish our witness to Christ. When words are like venom, instead of words that encourage and build up, if our words and actions tear down and destroy, instead of affirming what is praiseworthy and honourable and righteous and pure, then whose praises are we declaring? And so we call on God to fill us with his Holy Spirit. We ask him for help. 
And Peter points us to the source of that infilling again today in verse 2. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk. We could call that word milk or word of God milk. So that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. In response to drinking and receiving and being nourished by that spiritual or that word milk, we repent and we confess that we've missed the mark in all kinds of ways. And we do that knowing that our God is faithful and will purify us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what 1 John says. Because that's the transforming power of Jesus' death and resurrection in the lives of disciples like you and me. That's the transformational power of God's Word. And we know this for certain because we nurse on God's Word milk which gives life and transforms lives. Verse 4, as you come to him, the living stone, that's Jesus, rejected by people but chosen by God and precious to him. Now listen up. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. I wonder if that verse sounds familiar to you. Is that a familiar passage of Scripture for Trinity Lutheran Church? As I was preparing this message, I just looked out the window to the plaque on the original church. 1 Peter 2, verse 4. And at the back of the church on the plaque, etched into that nice shiny plaque on the back of the church, it says, 1 Peter 2.4, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. It's on the walls. That's significant for us. This text is foundational and formational for us here at Trinity. It's on the walls. This holy priesthood that it's talking about, you and me, is also a spiritual house. You are all living stones built by God into a spiritual house which is a temple made for the presence of a holy God. Listen to the way Paul says it in Ephesians. You are of God's household, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. It's written on the walls of our church. Each of us is a temple of the Holy Spirit, but there is more of God to be known and enjoyed than anyone can know in isolation. Paul says that we're being fitted together as a temple and a dwelling place of God. There is a presence and a power and a manifestation of the Spirit of God in this gathering of worship that's not the same when we're alone or isolated from the flock. We're not just isolated living stones. We are, verse 5 says, being built by Christ 
who says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it as a spiritual house of royal priests. Friends, the stones are meant to fit together in God's house here at Trinity so that something whole, something more than a group of individuals comes into being, but a temple and a dwelling place of God. And it's so important in such an individualistic culture that we live in that we as the church get this. It's really important that we get it. So as we nurse on the milk of the word, God transforms our lives. More than that, he's building us into a spiritual house where Christ is the cornerstone and a spiritual house that is filled with priests. I'm not talking about pastors. I'm talking about each one of you. Let's listen again to the milk of the word and hear what God says about you today. This is who you are. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. This is who you are in Christ Jesus. This is your baptismal identity. Solely, exclusively, only on account of Jesus' death and resurrection in your place, he has done this for you and he continues to work it out for you in your life every day, every week that you're here. God continues to work it out for you. Paul says in Romans that faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of Christ. I invite you, you don't have to do this, but just close your eyes and hear again. Just hear, listen with your ears that you are chosen. You are chosen. You are a member of the royal priesthood of God. A royal priest. You are part of a holy nation. Holy. You are people belonging to God. You belong to God. You have been called out of darkness into His wonderful light. And here's the kicker that you may declare God's praises in every aspect of your life. Not that you have to or that you should, but that you get to, that you are able, that you may declare God's praises in every aspect of your life. Is it possible to hear this and to say or to think, Jesus, all this you did for me, I just don't care. No, to live out this identity is simply to be who God has made you to be and to ignore it or to be bored or to be ungrateful is out of character for us as his people. To live in its promises is to be what you are, a holy and a royal priesthood. And as holy and royal priests, we present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And that means that everything that you do with your body 
is to be done as an act of worship to God. Whether you eat or whether you drink or whether you hammer nails or whether you drive a car or make a meal, whether you program a computer or work with technology, whether you read a book, whether you play sports or operate a sewing machine, it doesn't matter what you're doing, whatever you do with your body, do to the glory of God. As holy and royal priests, we sing or speak words of praise to God like the Bible says, continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. This happens when you're by yourself and it happens in a context like today when we're gathered together to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords as his spiritual priesthood. A holy and royal priesthood offers acts of love. Acts of love, giving and sharing. In Philippians 4, Paul receives the gifts of support from the church there and he says, I received what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And in Hebrews it says, Do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. I think that speaks directly into our situation as we ask ourselves as God's royal priesthood here in Cairns if our giving, if our acts of love are a true reflection of our hearts. The need is urgent. What kind of ministry do we want to see taking place here in the future? And I can say the sky isn't even the limit when it comes to God. There's no limits when it comes to God. But only the royal priesthood in this place can make that call. I'm happy to go wherever you want to go when it comes to ministry, but only you can make that call. It's your call. Now finally, you haven't received just any calling in your life. It's so important that you hear this. You have not received just any calling in your life but a holy calling that you and I get to participate in on a daily basis. It's such an honour. You have been chosen. You've been called, declared by God to be his holy and royal priesthood. You have a place with the creator of the universe who has called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. And so I ask you, how will you declare his praises with your life this week, this month, this year and how can you live in your priestly calling where God has placed you? That's part of our mission statement, isn't it? Living in the power of the Holy Spirit in the place where God has placed us. We're talking about vocation. We're talking about where God has placed us in life. How can we live out our priestly calling where God has placed us? Amen. And the, pre- and the peace of God, not the priest, the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds safe in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.